Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have only done what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Hasidic Jews tell a tale of a rabbi's son who during the morning synagogue service would wander off, go off by himself into the woods. Now his father, the rabbi, was not only disappointed because his son like just exited the service, but the woods near those mountains were, they were dangerous and they were kind of wild. So the rabbi asked his son, son, I see that you lead the morning prayers every day. I wish, I wish you wouldn't do that. Where are you going? And the son said, I go to the woods to find God. Well, the dad was pretty impressed with that answer, but he said, well, you know, um, you can find God anywhere, blessed be his name. You don't have to go any place special to find God. God is the same everywhere. But the boy thought for a moment and he said, but I'm not. 
I know that I'm different when I walk by Lake Michigan, that I'm different when I go to my beloved Rocky Mountains near where I grew up, when I go for a walk in the woods, when I look at the autumn trees as they will turn in the next couple weeks. I know that I'm different or was different when I was with my two black cats, blessed be their memory. We're different when we are in nature, aren't we? One of my favorite authors' name is Belden Lane. He's a retired theology professor who spent a lot of time in his head. But now, well, actually always, he had a great love for nature, for mountains and deserts and woods and backpacking. And somehow he would find that his soul was refreshed, that God came to him in nature different than in almost any other way. His newer, newest book is actually called The Great Conversation, Nature and the Care of the Soul. Here's what's interesting about Belden, though. For 20 years, he has had a spiritual advisor, or we might call it a spiritual director, who's a tree. A tree across the street from where he lives in St. Louis, in the city. He has entrusted himself to learn from this tree, to have a conversation with this tree, to talk to the tree, to listen to the tree, to learn from the tree that he calls grandfather. This tree is 80 years old. And both Belden and grandfather have suffered, have gone through loss. Belden, many losses, but especially when he first went to grandfather, it was his mother who had Alzheimer's and eventually died and all that meant. But the tree grandfather also had dealt with insects and wind and fire and losing a whole bunch of its trunk at one time. In a way, they were able to comfort one another. And Belden went up to, or goes up to the tree to this day every night to be with it or to contemplate or to pray or meditate, as we might say, and he'll touch the bark as if the bark is skin, and they know a kind of connection in that moment. Now, you can love all of nature. You can love all animals and all pets and all plants and trees, but Richard Rohr said, the way you love one thing is the way you love everything. So we commit to one person, or we love one pet, or maybe, maybe one tree. There's a conversation of, type, of a type going on in Lamentations today. That's the only time we have this book in our lectionary. And Lamentations is a bit of a downer, if you listened carefully. A big downer. You see, um, the laments in that book are mourning the destruction of Jerusalem in 85, 87. And one writer talks about it this way. The great majority of the city dwellers were left to fend for themselves. The economy quickly collapsed. Food sources disappeared. Water sources were fouled. The daily rhythms of life ceased. People wandered the streets dazed, confused, desperate for just a bit of bread or water. The city became unsafe. 
as any semblance of order was replaced by chaos. It almost sounds like a science fiction apocalyptic view of the city that, well, that we wonder could even happen. We also lament and grieve what has happened to our earth. As many of us sense that Mother Earth also is lamenting, is crying, the way more species are becoming extinct, the way we have plundered Earth's resources, the fears that we sense about our cities and the cities most vulnerable due to climate crisis. But whether there are fears or the fears at the time of lamentations, in the middle of that book is the, the most amazing sign of hope. We sang some of those verses in the hymn, Great is Your Faithfulness. It's the response called for after that counter of a reading. The steadfast, Lord of the, steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It is new every morning. God's mercies never cease. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Which leads to the gospel and our cry, well then give us more faith. Give us more faith to live in this world. And Jesus' answer is pretty simple and he uses two more items from nature. First, if you have the faith the size of just a mustard seed, you also could have a conversation with a tree and you could say, mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would happen. Now that's talking to trees. Maybe it's also learning from nature and listening from nature, which reminds us of St. Francis. We know that he preached to the birds and the animals, but I wonder if he just spent time there, that, if he, that he entrusted himself to nature as teacher not just us dominating nature, using nature for our benefit, but loving it, learning from it. We remember Jesus telling us to have, in a sense, a conversation with the birds of the air and the lilies of the field to notice them, how they don't worry like we do, but they place their trust in the providence of God. We do not own our pets or animals either, we're their companions, we learn from them, we entrust ourselves that they might bless us as well. In fact, Belden says this, think of it. We're different when we look in the eyes of a bear 20 feet away on a mountain trail or being stared through by a doe with two fawns or gazing on the face of a horse that you love or holding the head of a dying dog or cat that you have to put down. You know in that moment that you've been seen. You've been seen by mystery and a spirit that's greater than anything just in our heads. Thomas Berry said that we've lost the great conversation with the earth and with nature, that we're just talking to ourselves we don't know anymore how to listen to the wind or to listen to the stars. Maybe our animals help us with that. Getting outside helps us with that. And I hope coming together as a community to remind one another of our connections with all things bright and beautiful is this great gift of God's faithfulness and grace to us.